Right, hello and welcome to Indie Apocalypse Radio. I and oops, it's repeating. Arc the host of Indie Apocalypse Radio, which is a live stream about Indie Apocalypse. The what is Indie Apocalypse? Indie Apocalypse is a monthly independent game bundle and zine. You buy the games and you buy the bundles, and it all goes to developers, and it's a good time. I'm here with Nir Brune. Hello. Hello. Ha, ah, hello, yes. <laughs> Sorry. No, no, it's fine. I was like, <laughs> I panicked because I had my thing on repeat. Even, even though, the, even though the, the stream could not hear it, I knew in my heart that it was repeating. And I wanted to stop that and I threw off my train of thought. But anyway, hello, how are you doing? Yeah, doing really good. Super stoked to be here with all of you. I'm glad to have you. Now, tell me a little bit about yourself. Um, yeah, well, I like to make games, which is honestly kind of an exaggeration. I like to do interactive fiction. So it's like, feels a little bit lesser than actually making a game. And I usually (laughs) use Twine, which feels even lesser than most interactive fiction platforms. Game is a broad term that is (laughs) ill-defined. And I choose, I use IndiePops to even further ill-define what a game is. I love that. Yeah, flexible flexible lexicon is something that's really you should all subscribe to. Yeah. So yes, I make games. And Perfect. Yeah, interactive media. And you are in issue. Let me look this up because I have it. You are in issue seven. Is it just now? Is your game just pronounced Mourn? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's um, it's the IPA for the pronunciation of Mourn. How I personally pronounce it. There's some debate as to whether that's the general English way of pronouncing Mourn. But yeah, I, I like the sound. I like focusing on the sounds of words yeah. more so than yeah, their meaning sometimes. Yeah, like the, yeah, right, exactly. I have a weird thing sometimes where I, it's sometimes I would just like know them as collections of symbols, even though I could theoretically read totally. the word. And then mm-hmm. I don't know. But anyway, anyway. No, so. yeah. <laughs> To, to, to not get sidetracked so quickly, let me get to the first question that I have to ask every guest that I need to ask that this question applies to. How did you hear about Indiepocalypse? Because I need to figure out how to get people to hear about it. <laughs> yeah, I heard about it from a game jam, actually. I was okay. just browsing Itch, yeah, and I saw it and I was like, hmm, this sounds interesting. And I just made a game for another jam, so I submitted everything that I could. Yeah, I found that to be like one of the most common ways that people come across is that they're just like browsing through jams. That's also why I started adding in parentheses paying anthology because I saw a lot of people. I was getting a lot of crossover from like game jams that have prizes in them. Mm. So I was like, hmm, what if I tell people they get money, more people might join. Right, it is. It's totally a prize too because then you get to say that you get paid for your art and that's such a good feeling. Yeah, like, thank you for that. Oh, no problem. <laughs> I, can't, I can't remember if you were the ones who actually got one of the extra payouts yet. Mm-mm, no, no, no. no. It's, it's super <laughs> wild. Like, I don't know what gets some to sell more than others. Like, some I've paid out, like, twice. Like, I think it was, like, eight or ten I've paid out twice so far. And some have been, like, not at all. And I'm like, that's why I run the, like, oh. the bunt. I run the sales and run them in bundles. So it's like, oh, everybody. So you're buying ten, five games, you know, five issues at once. So it tries to cover everybody. Aww. One day, though. One day. One day you'll wake up and there'll be, like, five dollars and 37 cents in your paypal <laughs> yes i look forward to it 
It's so exciting. Um, so anyway, what was I saying? <laughs> I got distracted by someone giving me a message that said, don't distract, not to distract you. And then I got distracted. Oh, that's so funny. Oh my God. Um, so you're going to get back on track. Your, so you see your game, your game mourn was sad girl a, poem. a sad girl poem. And I, <laughs> It is. It really is. What I mean, listen. I enjoy <laughs> sad poems. Like my my two musical genres are, as the intro suggested, loud noise across multiple genres, and also sad people with guitar music. So, I love that. Such a vibe. Oh my god. I like it if I can hear somebody like breaking. Like if I can hear the the pick hitting the strings. It's a very, like, very affecting feel for me. I'm like, oh, I, mm. I like the, the chunkiness of that, of the feeling of somebody hitting a guitar. I feel that. I feel that. I have a lot of people that play guitar in my house, and one of the most wonderful sounds is when you mute the strings, and then you're, like, playing. But you're not playing music. You're just playing rhythm. So yeah. you're just like, yeah, it's, it's so visceral. It's really nice. Just yeah, go ham on a guitar, man. Yeah, it's yeah. It's the 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 beauty of like it being a physical like analog piece of equipment that is in a space creating sound. Mm. But but I digress from that. Um, let me get this out of the way first because it is fresh on my brain. So we have a question here from Duncan, and Duncan asks. Do you dip grilled cheese in tomato so soup or just eat them separate? Say that. Do I dip grilled cheese grilled in tomato cheese soup? In grilled tomato cheese. Soup, or do you just oh, eat I'm them a... separate? Hmm. No, I'm definitely a dipper. I'm, okay. I'm a dunker. I'm like even, honestly, some people might find this a little bit gross, but I I am known to rip off pieces and let them like float and like like simmer, you know, and just like absorb the tomato goodness when it comes okay. to a tomato soup and grilled cheese combo. It's like, okay. I don't even know what that is, like a soaker, you know? Yeah, no, that is just like you're having tomato soup with very big chunks in it. You're yeah, like a yeah. tomato chowder that also... Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> now, now, this is an important question because I, when I saw this question, I was like, what do you mean? Who, who eats... I've never eaten grilled cheese with tomato soup before is that a thing that people do <laughs> my god it totally is so you've never done that i've never done that before i so you're my, missing out my question Oof. my question is because i always have it with chowder whenever i have grilled cheese i have clam chowder so my kind of like piggybacking off this question is is there a food that is regional to like where you grew up or where you live that you didn't realize was regional until like you left or were talking to other people Mm. Yeah, I I should just say that I'm Filipino. So one of the Filipino foods that we'll eat is like the cheapest fucking hot dogs that you can find. Sorry yeah. for cursing. No, but, like, you can, cheap... cursing is allowed. <laughs> cool. Okay, thank you. The, the, just like the really like dollar store hot dogs. And then you put that in like spaghetti noodles with like in ketchup. 
Yeah. And okay. I thought this is what I knew as spaghetti growing up, but that's... Uh... <laughs> that's not spaghetti. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> yeah. And everyone's like, what? Like, you eat this? This isn't real food. But yeah, that's one of the things. No, have you ever had that before? I have not. I didn't even really know that was a thing that you could have. <laughs> <laughs> it's a thing that people eat, and I'm told it's because I'm Filipino. Like, a lot of Filipino families do this. Yeah. I wonder if but... <laughs> weird. We, I actually just had someone who called in last week and she was Filipino, like, but is literally in the Philippines. Oh, hell yes. Calling from like, and was telling me about like, I'm going to forget the name of it. Chidurapo. Hmm. Or it's a like chocolate porridge thing. Oh, totally, totally, totally. But yeah. I, the, the blood pork. Yeah. No, no, no. It's like rice. Like it's like sticky rice that you like mix, like you mash into a porridge or mix into a porridge and then you just put like oh. cacao in it. Oh, whoa. It sounds kind of like, like, ube? Yeah, and I don't know. And then, like, I guess that's another thing of, like, the difference between, like, Filipino and then, like, Filipino-American dishes. Dude, totally. Like, I wonder if, like, spaghetti and hot dogs is, like, a very Filipino-American dish. Yeah, yeah. Right? No, that's a great distinction, because it sounds like it might be, you know? It's just something that, like... If we wanted to do even broader strokes, like this is a dish that immigrants are likely to do, you know? Right, right, exactly. I, I guess <laughs> I don't know how hot, hot dogs feel like one of the, like a very American food, not necessarily mm-hmm. like sausages, but like hot dogs in particular because they're like something about like the cheap runoff meat product of it all. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's it's not quite like the it's not it's not a sausage, you know. It's not like the high quality. You like have the good meat in the lining. It's it's a hot dog where it's all the bits that they couldn't sell otherwise and they jam it together and it tastes great. You know, it's your salty, yeah. salty, uh, yeah, processed meat, which is it's, it's a taste perfect, of my childhood. <laughs> it's a perfect dish for a country with a dissolving middle class, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I love that. Oh my God. Something so, I was eating, I had like, I went on like a, like a, Occasionally, I'll, I'll switch between, like, easy-to-make foods, and I'll just, like, oh, I'll just make this easy-to-make food for a while. And hot dogs was that for a while until I realized it's, like, um, 200 calories for a hot dog and, like, 160 calories from fat. And I was like, I probably should eat so many hot dogs. Especially when you eat a hot dog. You don't only eat the hot dog. You load it, you know, with, like, all of your condiments, which yeah. ketchup is mostly sugar. <laughs> right. <laughs> sugar and then a, t- a couple squirts of tomato, depending on how extravagant <laughs> and how expensive you want to buy your ketchup totally <laughs> but so and the, um what is do you have like a dish that you were interested in like that was like your i, I guess your pre-lockdown food that was like oh i love this but now because of lockdown like i could only get at a restaurant or i can't make mm. this or that you've like missed in like this almost a year now it's almost been a year, yeah. You know, I really miss, like, shawarma wraps. Yeah. Like a really dank, like, like seared meat from the fucking... Oh, I forgot what you call them. Shit. Like the, <laughs> like the name of the store or the restaurant or, like, the... the yeah, yeah, they have, like, the meat on the spigots. Oh, yes. You know, oh, I'm yeah, blanking, I'm, I'm blanking. Are those, like... But, they also have like year. Those also have like are like euro places, right? Yeah, yeah, also yeah, have those exactly. Meat sticks. Yeah, 
<laughs> the meat sticks. Yeah, that's that's what I miss the most because I can't cook that on my own. No, you have, who has it? You don't. I'm sure, I presume you don't have like a rotating heated meat stick <laughs> in your house. <laughs> exactly. If only you know, I'm working up to it. Right. One day we can all. One day I hope Indiepocalypse is successful that all these developers can get extremely specialized restaurant grade foods. <laughs> That's what I'll do with the Indiepocalypse money that I, yeah. the, the 570 that I'll have in my PayPal. <laughs> Invested into buying some stone brick oven pizza because you're like, ah, how else am I going to get a brick oven pizza in the house? Right. I got a, I feel like I, oh yeah, because I got a, um, one of those, I got a Belgian waffle maker a while ago because, mm. specifically because I was like, I went to hotels and I craved that cheap hotel Belgian waffle and had to get one myself. And that's kind of what I've been eating a lot of, honestly, lately. But, I love waffles because they're so versatile. Like, you, yeah. could, you could put an egg on it and it becomes a savory dish, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah right. Or you put ice cream on it and it's a dessert. Like, it's, it's everything you could want is a waffle. Yeah, you just have to, like, get good at not screwing up your waffles after you don't do them every five months. And then you're like, oh, it's easy at the hotels. Why is my waffle sticking to my waffle iron? Oh, no. I'm terrible at it. <laughs> yeah, I can tell you're speaking from experience. Why, are the, why is the first waffle always just a pile of waffles that I scraped off of the waffle iron? <laughs> with, a, with a spoon or like a spatula. But, you know, cooking is a series of recipes and instructions, but sometimes there's instructions that they leave out. Mm-hmm. And so much of it, especially with like baking or something that I feel like is time sensitive, like a like a waffle maker. Yeah, you you just gotta play it by ear. You know, there's like there's no real set time. It really depends on a bunch of different factors. It's gotta listen for that little little voice that tells you it's time <laughs> to take the waffles out. Yeah, <laughs> and I have not developed that voice. I was very good at like pretzels for a little while, and I could do like a oh, very. What? I I don't for some reason. I, this and this is pre-lockdown. I, I was like, that's I'm awesome. Make... I've never heard somebody casually make pretzels. Yeah, I was like, I'm gonna make sa- I'm gonna make a sourdough. I got my sourdough starter. I made that, and I was like, I'm gonna because I want to make pretzels. And then like I got very good at like the the flip and everything, and like the twist of oh, making them. Oh, incredible! And then I screwed up my sourdough, and it all went bad. And I was like, I hate everything, and I threw Aww. it all away. But you no, have the tech. Yeah. They're like, like you have the ability, right? And they're like they're very easy to make, and they're like it's more satisfying you think to have like a nice sourdough pretzel that you just like made yourself. Mm. There's nothing like fresh made sourdough too. It's yeah. got to be one of the most <laughs> nourishing, nurturing things to eat on this planet. And yeah, and a beautifully self-sustaining dish. But, but sourdough. All sourdough aside, another question I asked, the, pretty much the only, we call this the, I'm calling, this is now named the Shibuya is a Real Place Memorial Tips for Gamers, and which is, hey, um, what is the thing you would recommend to all the true gamers out there in the audience in the world that is not a video game or a board game or any kind of game that they should like try for once in their life? Oh interesting not necessarily related to like game design inherently or like yeah. hey, this would give you a better but more like there are more 
art to life than video games or more experiences in life to video games? Hmm. Like on our first episode, Natalie Allah has suggested getting into crystals or just like a thing you oh. do not, a thing you are unfamiliar with. Just like invest, divest, invest yourself in something else. Yeah. Honestly, I think something worth investing in, something that's been really good for me has been picking up an instrument and just, you know, like noodling around on a guitar or like playing some random keys on piano. That's been that's been one of the most nourishing things I've tried. That or slacklining. I love those two things. What was the second one? Sorry. Slacklining. It's where oh, you okay. uh, set up a line. Yeah, yeah. Some webbing between two trees and you walk across. Okay. That, yes. That is. <laughs> a little bit more like dependent on where you live i suppose <laughs> that's true that's true yeah you have to have like a yard or nearby trees a park w- works oh, yes, most park. of the time right but yeah no i early pandemic i was like i i own it i bought a keyboard forever ago i should learn to use this keyboard yeah there's I, a lot of really good tutorials on youtube too but yeah. it's just so much fun just making noise. Right. And especially in the pandemic when you're not surrounded by your friends, you know, you don't get to go out as much. I realize I don't talk as much if I'm alone. I don't make as much noise or as much laughter or as much, like, anything. It's so much easier to make noise around other people. So making noise is something I recommend everyone to do. Right. Fill your own space in the world for a moment. Yeah. yeah. That's why I enjoyed, like, I realized doing this, I was like, oh, because I really missed, I, unsurprisingly, I plan to go to a lot of shows this year, having launched, you know, an indie <laughs> zine. I was planning <laughs> to go and selling at a lot of shows. Mm. So I kind of missed, like, the going out and, um, you know, the, so I wanted this show partially to be, like, the late night after party conversations where you'd, like, a group of people would just hang out and meet each other for the first time and have, like, a chat. Aww. It's really endearing. Yeah, yeah. I miss I miss going out to shows too. I miss big gatherings of people. So did much. You, did you go to now? Did you go to like game development like meetups or shows at all? Never, never. There's there's one interactive fiction group that I go to, but I started going during quarantine, so it's still all it's all virtual for now. Okay, that's is, one thing that I do. Is that like the big one that I forget the name of? No. Okay. It's small and it's local and it's lovely. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, I have to be, I, something I learned recently is that I have to be very local to like one of the biggest like IF scenes in the world, I think. Called? Like, I forget what it's called. I, they run IF Comp. Okay, totally. Because like, wow. I, I didn't realize like, because I'm on the East Coast, I'm in New England. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize that was like based in Boston. And there's like a lot of IF stuff there until like a few years ago. I was like, oh, that's interesting. So that's awesome. Are those just like casual like hangouts or are they like, hey, we run like a demo night or. Yeah, it's like it's it's sort of casual. It's what we'll do is we'll like pick a game and then we'll take turns. What what you know, like what to do next, like what to say next um, in the game. Kind of like it's just really cute. Like a bunch of people get together and play interactive fiction. <laughs> oh, okay, like so, like cooperative let's plays. 
<laughs> totally. Yeah. And like let's plays and side commentary, which is really the fun part. Yeah, I've I've really enjoyed like seeing people like like after a few months people are like, Okay, now we're gonna be locked up here forever. I like seeing like what emerges from like people's like need to reach out mm. and need to connect with people. Like sometimes they just start late night like weekly radio shows. Aww. <laughs> <laughs> But. it's true though it's true and so much of the art these days i feel like are growing to be more interactive and like spatial and like yeah. spatially like planted because people need to need to interact need to engage right they need to find some way to like you know like everyone's trying to find like how can we do our convention but like you walk around it in 3d space or something like you have an avatar or I don't know. Everyone's like trying to find their solutions for everything. So it's always interesting to see like what people are coming up with. Yeah. Whew. But now do you have, do you have anything that you're like itching to say real quick? Cause like I said, this goes faster. We're actually very much approaching our half minute, half hour. Um, I'm not so much itching to say very much more, except like, thank you, man. This is, this is really awesome. This no, is my no. first time being on anything Whoa. like this. Um, so. No, I was, I, was, I was glad to have you. Like when I put this out, I was like, is anyone going to want to be on this random show? Like in the middle of like, I just said, Hey, you know, let's all be on a show. I want to hang out and talk with people. And I didn't know what the response response was actually like a lot more than I was expecting. So yeah, yeah, I think you're doing a really good thing that like, like, I know I was super stoked for and definitely wanted to, because like, yeah, I never, this is something I never would have done pre COVID, you know, it's right. just like, yeah, like, let's just talk, let's just have let's conversations yeah. and talk about noodles and right. grilled cheeses <laughs> and waffles. Yeah. And like, <laughs> I guess sometimes people, we occasionally mention games, but that's such like a, <laughs> like a, uh, oh, so, oh, something I want to ask you. Do you do, um, like, do you also do, like, graphic design? Because, like, when you sent your page, your page was, like, one of my, like, favorite, like, handmade pages Aww. that I was sent in. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, I do a little bit of graphic design, too. Yeah, I was like, I'm like wow. It's... I dabble, you know, but yeah. yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> I also dabble because sometimes people, you know, you see, you you know, you are in the know on the form it says, like, if you don't, I'll just make it for you. So I'm mm-hmm. like, then I then I'll get something like you. I'm like, wow, how do people just like come up with this? It's good stuff, good like, evocative stuff. And I and I wish one day that everyone could like go to events and see all these because I print them out every week. Oh wow, I didn't and, realize that that you yeah. printed them. Yeah, I print. I have like they're in a drawer next to me for like the one day when eventually lockdowns stop and I can go out into the world and <laughs> emerge from your cocoon. Right. And I've like set it up. I don't look like, like it's because I've I could, like, I could just go to artist alleys and like, I don't have to go like to video game conventions mm-hmm. because I can just like set them up. Like they were like in prints and everything. Yeah. People to get their hands on them. Totally. Yeah. I feel like, like art, you know, like mini zine communities, like they love the sort of zines or bundles that you're producing, you know? And like, I feel like the arts, like 
quote unquote arts community and the game design community, there needs to be so much more overlap than I feel like there is. Yes. That is like my philosophy with like the covers. Cause all the cover artists are not game designers. Mm. So that is like, that's like a very intentional design on my part. And it's also why I try to put like comics and stuff in there because I want to yeah. like get people who don't make games to get involved. Well, I love that. Yeah. Well, thanks. But it like, yeah, it, it, it does feel very insular. And very mm. like they, people only play video games and sometimes and also only the games that are trendy at the moment. Totally. It's a bit of, it's a bit of an in-group ideation thing. It feels like. Right. Like, are you in the know? Do you? Yeah. <laughs> it's fun. I like to see, I like to see different spheres of people coming together and just like delighting in what each other have to bring to the table. Yeah. It's so great. Yeah. yeah. One of these days, starting soon, I mean, I guess technically starting with this episode, but like starting, I'm trying to get like animation on this show. Oh, dope. Like one of the past contributors, she's like an animator and she's like, oh yeah, I've got animations and I know animators in France. So yeah, let me hook this up and I need to like just, but that's like more work of like tracking down people. If you know animators... I'd love to have their animations on the stream. I do actually. Oh, that's wonderful. I put them put, put you guys in touch. Yes. Yeah, that feels like, really good too. Yeah, especially like I I mean, I guess you should know being part of Indiepocalypse, but I don't care about like marketability or accessibility or <laughs> <laughs> I like I love that. You're just I, doing what you're doing. Right. For the joy of it, you know. I love weird shit and I want to support people who do weird shit. Fuck even, yes. Even if I nobody cares. I, I, I want to I, I just, and not just like casually weird shit. Like <laughs> that's a whole other discussion where I think people go, ah, oh, it's, it's, it's this shit's so weird when really it's like weird in like the most basic of levels where it's like Mario mm. is doing something Mario usually does not do. Mm. Mario saying naughty words. It's so weird, but yeah, you but, want like the devout weird things, like the correct. certified strange, like true outsiders. <laughs> things that like in other art forms are considered outsider art. Mm-hmm. The stuff that you would never get paid to make, but you make anyway because it's just this wonderful, crazy thing to put into the world. Exactly, or like you were paid by an eccentric patron. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> <laughs> who's like yes i appreciate this art i love that yes more 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 <laughs> ah a true artiste someone who wants to inflate themselves yeah i'm, I'm all about art and self-indulgence honestly like yeah. i don't think you should hold back when you're making something that you love for the sake that for the simple fact that you love making it and right. go all out add an extra arm it's wonderful there's, there, there are so many, like, I'm sure you could find a million quotes from famous artists about you should be self-indulgent. And if you don't like your own art, yeah. how could anybody else? Yeah. I think it's true. the most recent, the, the one I last saw was from David Bowie, but I don't remember what it said. I think the, but I think the paraphrase was basically, if you don't make your, if you don't enjoy making your own self-indulgent art, why would anyone else enjoy experiencing yourself and your non-self-indulgent art? But that is our thank you so much. Thank you. Stick this has around. been lovely. 
No problem. I will, of course. Yeah, I can't wait to hear the others. If you if, if there's something extra pressing, feel free to jump in if you like. This needs to be spoken on. But in the meantime, I'm going to go to break, and we'll be muted for during that. So thank you all. We'll be back in about three minutes or so. Hello, and welcome back to Indiepocalypse Radio. I'm here with my second guest, guest Nate Kiernan from, is it just pronounced critical with a Q in it? Yeah, I made it when I was an edgy teen and thought it'd be cool to just make letters do what they're not supposed to. But you know so. what? For for the edgy teeniness of it all, it's also good for branding. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what's weird is apparently there's... Every time I t- try and type it in, um, it wants to correct it to fixing the Q to a K, because I guess that's in some Latin American countries is, is an established thing that is this. So I'm, I'm competing with someone doing like soccer gifts. Um, oh, <laughs> which I mean, I, I, I don't know if there's any overlap there, but I know nothing about sports. So it, it's probably as, as good of a competitor as I, I could hope for. Soccer is the one with the black and white ball that they kick back and forth across the, the pitch as it were. Uh, so I'm so I'm told. Um, I, I could not. It's, every person in my family, except for me, has played soccer. I still could not tell you really anything beyond put the ball in the in the in the hole. It's not a hole. What is it called? <laughs> I was going to warn put you. Put the ball. It. Yeah. It's. Yeah. See, well, this is a, this is how bad I am. So. Yeah, I mean, to be fair though, like, is not a net just kind of like a very large hole when you think about it. I mean, it's it's a hole full of holes, so I don't know. I mean, we, do we have to get into like the the ontological nature of holes at that point? That's what we're gonna. Uh, ask. Great. So we have a point for a question for you, Nate. How do you define a hole? Uh, how do I define a hole? Um, uh, see, now I'm, I'm I'm overthinking, and my brain is just collapsing in on itself. <laughs> right now my brain is a hole it's just okay. consuming it's right, just so- it's just a, a, a empty void that stuff falls into so instead of that why don't you introduce yourself oh yeah so i'm nate uh nate kiernan um i mostly write about video games at critical.com uh, which we already went through the, the weird spelling of uh and i run a podcast called critical care where i talked to cool people in the games community broadly um and i also post about bread a lot uh so that's that's i guess the most that i can introduce myself as yes and now this is the important question i think this applies to you or did i email you how did you hear what indie apocalypse or did i email you about it uh good i I believe how it happened is I discovered it just scrolling through itch. And then you happened to email me about okay. it like that same week. Basically it was some weird, like, like Facebook is listening to me talk about stuff, but, yes. but for instead for some obscure indie zine, well, you guys um, didn't, no one, I didn't tell everyone that I worked for Facebook this whole time and I've been collecting your data. Mm-hmm. How do you think using I fund- it to, using it to sell these these zines with with Facebook money? How do you think I fund the apocalypse? It's all mm-hmm. that big tech money. Yeah. 
No, I don't have marketable tech skills. If else, I could make video games. Well. So tell me a little bit about critical, like what the philosophy of critical or what you would want to say about critical. Uh, okay. Here's so critical sort of spun out of me writing about games just on forums. Uh, because I, so growing up, I read a lot of like games, magazines, uh, had game informer coming for forever. Just a giant stack in my bedroom. Uh, watched lots of like Gersman on GameSpot stuff like that. Yeah. And, uh, being kind of an isolated nerd who was sort of creatively driven, I felt compelled to write about this stuff, which led me to posting on forums, which then I wanted to own my stuff more. So I started blogging and then I felt like my branding was poor. So I put together critical sometime in like 2013, 14 or so as a way to kind of feel to kind of carve myself out on the internet to make myself look more legitimate than just yeah. a blogger. Cause I felt if I was just posting reviews, then I was just some internet scrub. But if I had a site with a logo, then I was a, a real game reviewer. Right. And yeah. you could, you could trick your way into events for free. Yeah. Um, but my crippling social anxiety has kind of <laughs> forbidden me to actually go to any of those. Um, yeah. But that's been great this year because, uh, turns out nobody else is going to them either so right <laughs> i I, I am a professional games critic in and i am also not going to events and also am reporting from stuff in my home uh but anyway long story short is that at this point uh i mostly use critical as a platform to talk about stuff i don't see being written about in sort of enthusiast press right. uh, sort of focusing on smaller games stuff like indie apocalypse stuff like just weird things on itch i vent a lot about my frustrations with games uh with the games culture and especially games media um yeah. doing my best like citations needed impression but it's basically just about games journalists uh <laughs> oh and like, say for instance someone was saying uh, wow, these games are really slept on this year. I can't believe critics aren't talking about these games and their source are most searched games on Google. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That which, kind of thing, perhaps. Yeah, it's... Gosh, there's there's so much to dive into there. Um, that's a hole to fall into. But, yeah, and... So you would define that as a hole, correct? Yeah, I would define uh, games criticism as a hole. <laughs> okay. Uh and yeah, so a lot of what I've written about this year has sort of been taking a wild pull away from more traditional games review type essay stuff and talking more about games as sort of cultural artifacts about like political uh, implications, sort of talking more personally about just how I respond to games um which has been a lot of like i'm sad and this game is also sad and i feel connected to it mm -hmm. uh and and yeah and now it's sort of with the with the advent of the podcast it's sort of started to get more attention and i've actually felt more connected to people so it has been a nice way to 
ride out these months of isolation um, while also helping me have my hot takes, I, which I, I, I need to survive. Yes. And I think that's like, in, in fact, like super crucial and probably the most important kind of thing. Cause it's like mm-hmm. the most I get follow up from is from like you and from like, I, I think of them, think of them as the hell crew, deep hell zone and indie hell. No, it's indie hell zone and deep hell. I got them flipped around mm-hmm. and this kind yeah. of like local, local, I say in quotation marks, game scenes. Yeah. I, I, I wish yeah. They... I, I have, I have really started to, uh, I, I mean, at this point I basically don't look at like any sort of games website that has like cultural significance i guess not to like discredit uh the other the other people writing about games but like the folks that i've been reading who i feel like are actually doing interesting stuff in the forums are people like deep hell or no escape or or uh like you said indie hell zone just like really sort of bespoke sites that are often sort of similarly angsty similarly fed up with kind of the state of of games criticism maybe thinking more about about it as like a a industry than most people uh within or within it um for better or worse uh so yeah those are all all great all great folks and yeah i was trying to find while you were talking i was trying to find a tweet that i've think that may have been deleted or maybe i only liked it and didn't retweet it i don't remember but um no, this is one of those things where I like I recognize that I recognize a name and as a collection of symbols that I but my brain has never fully processed what that name was. Mm-hmm. And one of the developers, I mean, both of the two the main developers of like Anodyne and Anodyne Two. Oh yeah, even the ocean. Whose yeah, names I think I, I know. What yeah, Melos Hontani. Yes, I there think. It is. I, yeah, and yeah, I think they tweeted basically. Nobody has to talk about corp games. Right, and but. then there was like a good follow up to that that I was something effective like you know just start local and be local, and think like locally if you will, if that makes sense. In terms of like, well, just support the people who are like doing the small scale work don't necessarily stress out about oh i think mm-hmm. yeah no I, I i didn't see that one but yes it did get deleted <laughs> i looked up the thread whatever yeah. one was in the middle yeah but yeah i i definitely feel that sentiment i have broadly similarly to not reading like big game sites i've also not really been playing a lot of big games i've been like anytime i i read about like the new game coming out i just kind of i not to sound like really high and mighty but no no i want to hear it i i i mean it it just sounds like the most derivative like garbage like i i really struggle to see what is interesting about these games to people and what is valuable in spending so much time so much like mental and like cultural energy fixating on them because i i just find them so like vacuous uh a, a constant uh, cry that i've been giving out is that hey i think 
games need to be a little bit more pretentious, honestly. Mm-hmm. They need a little bit more like nose turn nose is being turned up because I think it's like shows that people give a shit and it's not just like this vapid consumer industry. Yeah. Like my favorite games that I've played in recent memory have been ones that are very forwardly like comfortable with alienating the player, like doing things that are going to turn a lot of people off that are going to be unusual and hard to parse. And sometimes that works. Sometimes it doesn't, but it's always much more provocative than here is a shiny game with all the hard edges sanded off. You know exactly what this is going to be before you even start it. It's like, it's, it's the difference between like turning on a syndicated show where everything's going to reset at the end and you have, it's, it's basically 30 minutes where you can have like comfort food and not really think about it. Yeah. But it's, it, it is not going to surprise you. It's not going to to inspire like some new understanding of yourself or the world or even the thing you're watching. It's just kind of a piece of media that exists. Which there there are times when that's fine, but when yeah. that's like ninety percent of what the medium is, yes. it starts <laughs> to just kind of make me wonder what is the point of this? Is like I, I, the watching everything come out around cyberpunk, which has truly been astonishing just how much keeps coming out. Like every time I think like, all right, this is the last, like just outrageously awful thing that's going to be associated with this game. Right. New comes out and it's just like, dear God, it's, it's just, it's almost impressive how much they've been able to sort of bury in how many controversies they are. Well, they've been working on it for a very long time. They've had a lot of time to make those controversies. Yeah. Yeah. All those crunches were to get in some more right wing dog whistles. Um, but every time like watching that happen, I've really had to like sit and be just like, are like video games as they broadly exist. I, I don't know that they are a net good of any sort to society. Like I, I, I truly feel like half a lot of like the, the labor abuse, the sort of culture surrounding games, the, the, what they are doing in terms of like their production, their impact on the planet. Like it is just really hard for me to, (laughs) to feel like they are something that should exist when, so much around them is just so toxic and abusive and just like creatively like meaningless. Right. It's really the only thing that like tips that in the other direction is going on to itch and finding some small game by somebody that made it for free and is probably like working at a Starbucks, but is making this really interesting creative like vision, which I know I'm sounding like absolute like uh, hipster garbage, well, but listen, yeah, ga- games don't have hipster garbage. That's and that's I think that's actually a problem with games is they lack hipster garbage, like mass mm-hmm. market hipster garbage. Like what is what is video game pitchfork? You know, is there a video game pitchfork? I don't think yeah, so. Yeah, I I mean it was going to be 
kill screen, but then kill screen sort of for a variety of reasons imploded. Yeah. And also sort of like every site that tries to be a less sort of consumer driven, uh, like marketing arm of the industry, it still focused on whatever the biggest games of the right. year were. Uh, still often, has posts about whatever your, you know, the next fall guy season pass or something. Yeah. I mean, it's still like it, they might review like a um, obscure indie game, but they're also going to spend a lot of time just writing about Halo or, or whatever comes out, which, yeah, I mean, I'm not surprised, but it is, it is disheartening when like the, the best like case for this that has been made for as far as i've seen like this i mean this was from x uh pitchfork people like it had some amount of of like money behind it and a lot of the writing on there was very strong even if it was about like sort of like like very big sort of shitty games yeah um a lot of it was still very strong and a lot more provocative than what you would find elsewhere. And even then the site uh, went belly up and right. was riddled with like labor issues and all sorts of garbage. Um, I think so. part of that is like, the, there is no audience for it yet. Really? Mm-hmm. There's no, there's no pretentious like video game audience. That's looking for like the deeper and deeper, like, Oh, I found this game when there's still a demo on a forum. Yeah, I mean, it's just like the broadly the the audience of people that care about writing about games are the same people that are like lurking on Reddit and like harassing people on Twitter. It's like people that are very invested in this or it's the people actually doing the writing. And that's not like your audience is like actively <laughs> trying to harm you yeah. in a lot of cases so how are you going to how who the only people that i seem to be able to find who care about like the sort of critical stuff that i like to read and that i feel is like actually engaging with the medium beyond just how are the guns yeah um is all is is all are all people that are doing that writing like yeah it's a very sort of small industry of people who care about this are doing it and nobody else really gives a shit because games as they exist culturally are broadly just are, are just ways to waste time uh and and or cultivate uh internet mobs right build good brands and sell money mm-hmm. so yeah let i would be remiss nate if i did not ask you about your opinion of grilled cheese and tomato soup and what you do with the two of them. Okay, so... As per Duncan's I, request. Yeah. Uh, so, I don't know if you saw my chat, but I, I, I am listen, absolutely... Listen, I don't, I don't read the chat around here. Okay. I don't have time for, like... That's, that's fine. Shouting uh, out the chat. It was basically, like, I don't know what you've been doing with your life if you haven't had grilled cheese and tomato soup. Like, okay okay wait 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 whoa yeah. whoa wait, wait a minute here's my hot take is, is that you you need you need to to wake up and live and get some grilled cheese and tomato soup as soon as possible i uh, and i would 
my counterpoint would be what are you doing with your life if you're if you have the option to have a soup and you're not eating clam chowder instead like that I would mean, be you're my having, take. You're, you're living a good life you're you're doing you're, better better than the rest of us you're if you're uh you're skipping out on that that weird clam soup no that clam soup is the lifeblood of soups i will not have an, if i have an Another option, I will not have another soup. It is like mm. madness. Like I, when I, I had this experience where my follow-up question, because when I went to Toronto and I was like, oh, my hotel is connected to like a Whole Foods or like a mall, there's a Whole Foods. And I was like, oh, yeah, I'll, get, I'll grab some chowder. It's like 10 soup stations, none, none. Not even a bisque, not even like a crab soup, which I don't like very much because there's like corn and stuff in it usually. But yeah. Sounds like I need to move. Yeah. Uh, so but yeah, I'm I'm all for dunking. I'm all for having like croutons in the soup is a nice like middle ground between like the weird like floaty thing yeah. that we were talking about. Um, they have a bit more substance or a bit more substantial. They aren't going to dissolve in your soup. But honestly, if if I have the choice, I'm I'm just getting a bread bowl because it's it's cutting out the middleman it's yeah. it's just like here is too much bread for any one person but it's all been claimed because it has all the soup on it you can't put it away yeah so <laughs> you're kind of obligated to eat it it's, you don't put your bread bowls in a ziploc bag and save for later yeah it's like you can't re you can't reuse a bread bowl like once that once you have popped the seal on on the bread bowl and poured some some tomato soup in that's you're committing to that entire bowl. Like your plate should, you should not have a plate. It should just, you should come in and leave with nothing. Uh, now, what, now, what would you say to extend that philosophy to all foods? No plates, all edible plates. So I was actually, I was thinking about this today and how functionally you can, you can divide bread into you have your like dessert bread and you have your utility bread and i'm really into the utility bread which is bread that takes the place of some some other object uh it, it removes the dishes from the equation so you have like your sheets that you use instead of like a pizza dough would be like in place of a of a plate yeah uh or a bread bowl is in place of a bowl uh, sometimes you get like thin, like biscuity bread wafers that you can use to, to scoop stuff up. And that's what I'm here for. I'm all, all right. for, for collapsing the divide between utilities and edible foods. I think now this is a very important question for you, Nate. What do I drink out of? Uh, just straight out of the faucet. Like, <laughs> okay. even, yeah, just, I mean, just get that, your that... mouth under there. <laughs> Listen, if we're being honest, this is between you and me. No chat, no one else here. I do just drink it straight out of the faucet. Yeah, I mean... It's so much easier. I'm not dirtying a glass for water. I mean, the only person here is my cat. Yeah. My cat drinks out of a bowl on the ground. They don't give a <laughs> shit if I'm drinking out of the faucet. If I, just sure? get that, if I just get that milk carton straight out the fridge. Like, yeah. This is 2020. You gotta, You gotta let yourself have some slack. You gotta really embrace this anarchic side of of eating uh, do you have a and, cat that will drink out of the faucet uh given a running faucet i've i've i have a friend who has a cat 
that does that. I've not been able to... My cat likes to come in and, like, scare me when I'm taking a shower. Yeah. But if she sees that I know that she's there, she'll she'll run away. She's scared of running water, but she will brave okay. it if she can, if she can, if he can jump on me. Uh, I've had a lot so. of cats over the years, and they have, they go through, like, different water drinking habits. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's like, no, I only want faucet water only. Sometimes it's, no, I only want the leftover shower water. Nothing else will suffice. Yeah, no, my cat's very particular. She will refuse to to eat or drink until I have it exactly as she wants. Like she will, she will starve herself if it's not to her liking. Uh. She's, she's having hunger strikes here. Uh, if I don't give her her favorite food, it's absolute, absolute nonsense. <laughs> See, from my experience, I play that game of chicken, and I always win. I'm like, oh, if you don't eat that canned food, I'm not going to give you another one. And that's it. And then the cat's like, well, shit, I guess if I'm not going to get any of the food. No, anyway, see, if, yeah. as we're closing our time, important question, Nate, gamers, tell them about them. You're clearly high opinion of them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, what? They're, they're, they're the best. Love, love my gamers. What would you recommend uh, for the gamers? Um, that's not a video game. That's not a video game. God, anything, please. Just <laughs> read a read a book, watch a movie, listen to music, do anything that is not game related. Uh, video game soundtracks don't count. I'm sorry. Uh, Marvel movies don't count. You're gonna have to to go a little farther. But I I have I have complete faith that what if, if they try, what about they can... the, the Roger Corman Fantastic Four? Does that count? Uh. Maybe we'll work up to that. Like, okay. It, if you get like a few non-nerd related media under your belt, then maybe we can like have some discussions about these these fine lines. But I'm I'm really gonna need people to kind of take a step back from nerd culture to yeah. put their Funko Pops to the side for a bit and just kind of realize like the the vast history of uh, humanity that that shockingly <laughs> exists and is more accessible than ever. Um, Wait, even my Roger Corman Funko Pop. Uh, I mean, they they can they can stay. They can they okay. can learn some some things. <laughs> Corman can stay um, on the shelf. Oh, what? Yeah, that's the one. Get I, the rest I may out. or may not use this break searching to see if there's a Roger Corman Funko Pop. I was going to say yeah. Vincent Price, but there's almost surely a Vincent Price Funko Pop. Well, see, as as you're as you're speaking these words into existence, Amazon is is harvesting this audio and yes. and 3D printing. A new Funko Pop as we speak. Where's so, Roger in the Cor- time it takes to go to break, uh, there will be a new Funko Pop. Um, there might be one of me like. if I'm if I'm not careful. So that's that's the mistake of putting your image on the internet. Yeah. So <laughs> find me with a giant bobblehead holding a chicken. Also um, a giant bobblehead, mm-hmm. but slightly smaller. Well, yeah, Nate, it was good talking future. to you. We're gonna course, go to break. Always. We're gonna go to break now. Stick around. And we will be back in about five minutes. Goodbye. Hello, and welcome back to Indiepocalypse Radio. This is the third segment. I'm here with Gannon Reedy. Hey, Gannon. Hey. How's it going today? Uh, It's all right. How you doing? I'm doing fine. I'm just hanging out, you know? Yeah. Just chilling in the rhythm of it. Um, Absolutely. So, whoops, that's not what I wanted. So, hey, again, tell me a little bit about yourself. How are you doing? 
Hey, man, you know, I'm all right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, who are you? <laughs> Introduce yourself a little, is what I meant yeah, to say. Yeah, my name's Gannon. I, uh, I'm, uh, uh, I do the GMing, game mastering on the Neoscum podcast, and I am an artist. Yes, that's how I found you. My, my cover artists are half people who I like, and I'm like, yes, I'll pay the money to make art. And the, the other half is just stuff I call from Twitter. You are from the former half. Hello. Hello. We also just played in animation from, of yours. That's right. That, that was the like, summer. My first. I was, that was, it was like, it was like, oh, yeah. I, I think when I was like getting set up to like, I don't remember what context I saw it. I'm like, oh shit, dude, animations. I want because you have like a very, I don't know how to say it. If you've had a very zine vibe in your art. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I am a, I'm a fan of the, uh, of the, of the form. Yeah, and it's like, there's so many. It's, it's weird to describe because I don't want to call it like contrasted with like professionalism art you know but there's like a there's a rough quality yeah there's, a there's, rough a, quality. there's like an inherent like dirtiness to it i'm a big fan of like raymond pettibon uh the dude who did the the black flag artwork in the 80s yeah um and like the 70s um some you know the the punk weirdos weird comic guys right. uh, I, I'm, I'm a big fan of the roughness so it's uh you know certainly something i embrace in my uh uh, uh not yeah i didn't go to like art school or anything no no so, yeah, that's all very self i didn't also i well i went to school but for nothing for nothing that i'm doing yeah. well i mean like, i guess I, I i did go to art school i went right. to school for theater but i wasn't oh yes no one no one uh i i you know i never uh, got to draw a model or anything like that right right no you didn't do like the art program you may have had like did you have any like art like electives that were like traditional like i guess i did not i did not I just find... uh just the theater circuit i always find it weird because i never know how to like vis- like distinguish the two from just like art the broad general concept and art the people who put their hands and make things on a physical canvas. Yeah. That's a, you know, a physical performing <laughs> visual. You got to throw some dang modifiers on there to get a little specific. So, so as like a theater major, how have you done anything with like theater wise? Like how is, how is, what do you do with like theater in like the pandemic with everything shut down? Oh, well, I mean like in the pandemic, like, uh, I don't know, you know, that's really interesting. Like, I, let's see, like, I graduated from college uh, 2012 or something like that, you know. I just moved out to California, uh, but before I moved out here, I had a weirdo theater company in Chicago yeah. uh, called the Runaways Lab Theater. Still going. Uh, some of the best stuff you can see in Chicago. We rock. No, um, they, they doing, like, live stream COVID stuff. Know, I don't know what they're doing. I don't think they're doing anything right now. I I, I stepped down from right. uh, like more producery functiony things with the the, the moving on out. Um, I don't know. It's like uh, the theater has a lot of problems, um, and it's like for me the big question would be if you're like doing theater with the capital T R E theater, like you know what 
what are you like like so much of it is i mean not to you know just walk in here and be a real negative nancy about it but like some of it is just such bullshit like um a lot of it is based off of high-paying donors of an upper middle class uh uh, like educated background which can lead to like a lot of very very shitty padding on self on the back self congratulatory uh, congratulatory stuff you know while you know the theater their their audience is continuing to die so then you have like all these young people who are like i don't really want to sit down and watch a four-hour production of who's afraid of virginia wolf you know even though it is a very good play like you know i don't want to do that like what's why should i want to do that oh you should want to do that because it's the intellectual pursuit that's not a very good theater it's not a good pitch. Yeah. So, like, for me, when I was doing theater in Chicago, I mean, this is maybe a slight divergence, but but when I was trying to do theater in Chicago, it was like, you know, why, you know, what 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 can I do to actually make someone want to leave the house and go sit down at a show in a place, right. you know, probably somewhat DIY with uh, the amount of money that we have, right. uh, like, how can I make this worth their while? So that was always the thing that I was I was trying to grapple with so so in a time of pandemic i think that that is really something you have to grapple with otherwise you're just doing stage readings of like classics for again you know upper middle class people who are excited to raise their hand during the you know talk back at the end yeah uh like uh so you know i don't know for me the theater degree if you know you're thinking about it functionally goes into you know, doing the art thing with Neo Scum. Uh, I do a lot of writing and a lot of performance on that right. as we just kind of wait and see what the world turns into in 2021. Okay, yeah, because I had someone on last week who does, she does like also does theater and dance, and she was like, I guess we do Facebook, Instagram live stuff, I guess, uh-huh. like, kind of like trying to figure it out, but obviously with like without the physical space, she said right. it feels. It yeah. loses like an energy. Yeah, you lose a tremendous amount of energy with that. So, I mean, whatever the pitch would be, it would have to be so exciting that everyone would just be like, "Yeah, I, I gotta see that." Like, I don't know. I guess yeah. a good example. I don't know. I'm totally pulling this out of my ass right now. But okay, no. uh, did you, did you hear about like the the Gucci Mane, um, uh, 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 the the versus battle with Gucci Mane and Jeezy? I've I think I heard people talking about it on Twitter, and I was like vaguely aware of what it was. Yes. I think that's like been the only thing that I like tuned into live this year that was like this rocks like okay. I'm absolutely cuz the history the intense beef that Gucci Mane and Jeezy have even if there's like an element of like um I don't know sort of like uh wrestling like right you're still like you're performing the, we agreed Gucci to Mane, do this together right Gucci Mane did literally kill uh, someone Jeezy, one of Jeezy's friends who he sent to like rob him or kill him or something yeah. like that. So someone like just like the insane stakes of that. Yes. And like also like doing all your biggest hits that rock. that are fun to listen to like in this, you know, like in Magic City sitting on two thrones. Like I guess the, I, I mean, not to be I mean, yeah, to be pretentious about it. Like there is a very theatrical element of just having a sitting camera watching these two guys. Not a bunch of big fancy cuts. It's just the the actual live animosity between them, the you know, the performance aspect of it. And then the actual like thrill of like how awesome all the songs are. Uh, I guess like if you want to do theater, capital T-R-E, theater, um, I hope it I hope it's as good as I hope it tries to be as good as that, man, because that. That was a, that's a live event I tune in for. You got to do something, Mm -hmm. right? 
Because they're like, yes, I, I guess that comes back to the idea of like, when, you know, when you're young and you're scrappy and like, oh, well, yes, you could put on like you could like, oh, I could put on my, you know, my version of Virginia Woolf. Or I could put on Shakespeare. But also it's like that stuff will be around still and like before and after you. So there's mm-hmm. like, I think, a desire to like, well, if we're going to make something to get people's attention, especially if you're starting out, you need to make something that will bring people there. That's not, you know, the old standards. Right, 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 right. You know, like, what is what is the thrilling element to right. this thing that I'm doing that uh, that translates to whatever audience I'm trying to go for? Because oh, cool, that's cool. the other thing. Like, theater yeah. can also just run super indulgent. Like, I'm just doing this for the yeah. experimental nature, which is just a real nice, easy way to keep yourself from actually thinking about what kind of uh, work you're doing at all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's also, like, a weird... Because you... It's very like you also have to rent a space. Like you need a place to put it on in. So it's truly, truly. I mean, that is a really funky thing. Like in Chicago, like uh, we were doing shows for a little bit in a space where the artistic director of the Runaways at the time, she had the space. It was like a former tattoo parlor, but she also lived there. Yeah. And it was not zoned for it. So it's a weird thing. It's just like, you know, I'm just a guy who wants to like do a live performance of something. And all of a sudden you have to learn about zoning and real estate and stuff right. like that. I remember very silly. I was looking up art, like sort of like theaters or art spaces around where I was. And I was like, I found something in Providence. I'm like, this looks like somebody's apartment. This does not look like a theater. <laughs> Like, is this just someone's? Yeah. I mean, there is like a really good, um, like I think it's almost like a whole block in Providence called AS220 that's been mm-hmm. around since like the 80s. That's like very much like a good arts scene there. Right, Jeff. But that is like, that's like the nice thing is like if you want to go to, if you want like money, I guess, and like no culture, I'm sure there is. I'm sure there is. There's plenty <laughs> of culture in Boston, I'm sure. But I'm also oh, yeah. close enough to Providence that if I want the real shit, I can just go to Providence. Oh, far out. Yeah, that's really cool. But um, that's like, it's a weird thing where I guess with something like theater is very tied to a space. And in the world where there are no spaces anymore, mm-hmm. what do you do? But yeah. Well, let's get into something real quickly here at the midpoint. A question that's burning on Duncan's mind. Um, Gannon, what do you do with grilled cheese and and tomato soup? Uh, Duncan, uh, that's a good question. Um, Yeah, I think I'd, uh, you know, I'm hard-pressed to remember uh, when I I know I have done this, but yes, I've I've put a grilled cheese sandwich in tomato soup. Okay. (laughs) Tastes good. You dip it, it tastes nice. Yeah, okay. I never thought of that as like a... So is... No... Is there anything that was like, I guess, having recently? Now, are you from sort of like the Chicago, the greater Chicago area or like Illinois? No, I am from California. Originally. Okay, okay. I went to Chicago for college and I stayed there for 10 years. So, like, leaving California, was there something that you, that was a staple that you didn't realize was a staple until you had left for college? You know, actually, it's just something I've realized recently coming back to California, but um, for some reason, tri-tip the the cut of meat tri-tip yeah i i don't know i don't know maybe maybe it's just not in in illinois but it feels like it's all over the place in california you can buy a cut of tri-tip 
and Safeway, Whole Foods, blah, 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 say sandwich, tri-tip, blah, blah. It's on, like, all the menus and everything like that. Right. But uh, it's like I just did would not see that word. Out, I, 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 the, the, I don't see that word outside of um, the, the, the area of California, I guess, I grew up in. Maybe oh, I'm just cuckoo. Yeah. That's cool. Now that I, I like to in the apocalypse, we keep things secret about where we're from. We don't need to share our entire lives with the internet as people sure. are so want to do nowadays. Sure. It's always like a weird vibe that people do. Mm-hmm. So, Gannon, let me, let's, mm. let's talk, I guess, weirdly relevant to like what games are talking about right now. Neo scum being a shadow run based, um, Let's actual play. I was like, "What's the name for those things?" Right. It's an actual. What player. is the name? It's it's <laughs> a, such a long, silly title. An actual play, real play, role tabletop role playing podcast. They're so like it's such a broad <laughs> genre because there. I mean, God. there are actual plays where it's like unedited three and a half hours worth of like crunch, and right. like you're hearing everything that goes on at the table. Dude, yeah. Neo Scum is of like a much more like tightly edited like produced you have music and that's like you know like editing and sound cues and like flashbacks and that sort of thing so mm-hmm. it's like are those almost like a genre like a new a different like subgenre in and of itself i wonder uh I, I that's a good question that's a good question i i guess uh yeah i'm not super versed on the history of actual play real play right. uh but uh, uh, but 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 yeah, I mean, I guess it's a it's a different listening experience. Because they feel like they're like a weird half, like a halfway step between like actual plays and uh, like audio dramas to some extent. Right, 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 right. Um, yeah, there is an interesting. Yeah, I think it is a really interesting uh, form, like a, a, a sort of tightening up what happens at the table a little bit and making it more into. Uh, an audio drama, except it's kind of, I don't know, I imagine for the people listening, there's yeah. kind of a thrill knowing that it's improvised and there is, you know, there's not a set, this is how this is going to end. Right. Everyone's figuring it out in the moment. And you have like that, you know, that extra play at the table that you call the dice, who just like, right. is a right. pure agent yeah. of chaos. Totally, totally. I, uh, I, I gotta say, I really like the dice in, uh, <laughs> I, I do think that the form is, you know, again, to, to speak pretentiously, the, the, the form of like uh, an edited uh, narrative improvised thing with a dice determining an X factor. Uh, I think it's a really interesting form and uh, has uh, interesting potential. Yeah, it's yeah, it's like it's like it's like a, it's a version of improv with like a purely a pure, pure agent of chaos with like no goal and directive. Right, totally. So things will just happen, and you got to go with it, you know? It's like, but you know, like doing improv, you get used to, pe- you know, the different types of performers and personalities, and yeah. some people, I'm going to be the guy who wins this. I'm going <laughs> right. to maintain higher status through the whole thing, or like, you know, maybe a, a, another person who's like, I'm, I'm cool with losing. I'll always take the bullet. I'll always, like, I'm... But yeah, with the dice, it's crazy because like nobody knows what's going to happen until it happens. So everyone is kind of reacting to this god of chaos, as you, right. as you put it. 
like games inherently have like a certain amount of rules and Shadowrun, from what i'm what i've heard has a lot mm-hmm. of rules yeah, yeah but it has a lot of rules it has yeah. like a general sense of like guiding you through it but mm-hmm. still like it could be anything like the right. end results so do you now was this like your first experience with like Shadowrun beforehand like just like or like not neo scum necessarily but like in like the role-playing sessions that led up to let's make a podcast out of this yeah yeah yeah. we were playing chatter on me and uh fellow podcasters uh mike casey blair and and eleni eventually but uh the first games we played were just um the me me casey mike and blair and uh a few other people who who, who swung in and out i think we played or five games before we were like, yeah, why not? Let's record ourselves. Yeah. We're like millennials and everyone makes podcasts about every part of our life. Yeah, right. It's just like, <laughs> well, you know, if we're playing this, we're, we're, you know, we have fun. Might as well, you know. Now, do you have any experience with like any of like the Shadowrun like games that they, or like any of the other, like I, I guess extended Shadowrun content as it were? I know uh, Mike was playing. We were all roommates. Me, Mike, yeah. Casey. Uh, Mike was playing um, those games for a while. Sometimes I'd watch him over his shoulder, but okay, I'm like, not super well versed. Like the like the newer ones, I imagine. Like the I think so. it was like the top down like okay. strategy game. Yeah. Yeah, there were two like way back in the day. Like one was for the Genesis. Yeah. One was for the Super right. Nintendo. And yeah. one was like a the like a like a point and click adventure, basically. And oh, one... that's far out. Yeah, like the the Super Nintendo one is basically like a point and click adventure. I think actually it's literally a point and click adventure, but like That's the cool. Genesis one mm-hmm. is also like a um, it's like trying to make a role playing game if that makes sense. Like you do a lot of runs, mm. and it's very open ended, so it's like they're almost oh. like they're trying to recreate the table, and it's like it's a game I think about a lot because there's very little else like it. Shoot, I gotta check that out. That sounds pretty. I I used to work at like a video game music movie yeah. store, and I would we would had just started the podcast at the time, and I I remember putting away Shadowrun games and wondering about it. That sounds really interesting. Yeah, there was that. just like a someone that someone just did a write up of on Paste Games, and like oh I, really? Okay, cool. And I realized, wow, people are into this. It was like it was, it was one of those growing up one of those things that I thought only I liked. Yeah. And then I was like, oh, wow, people really enjoyed this game because it was like something I bought from my neighbor. I gave, mm-hmm. you know, we, we paid him money and he <laughs> gave us his old Genesis and a bunch of games. Cool. When I was young. But, uh, yeah. So as a, as this is obsessively about video games, I guess, do you play many video games again? And what is your, what is your relationship to video games? Yeah, I could play a lot. Uh, I mean, okay. I mean, it's, with the fucking coronavirus yeah. uh yeah i um uh, uh casey you know the person i just mentioned who's on the podcast yes, yes. has gotten me into uh recently I, the last three or four months just like burning through like all the dark souls games okay. started with four and went to dark souls one went to dark souls three i am on Sekiro, and then also um Mike, I'm talking about Mike and Casey a lot here. Mike and yeah. Casey both just got um, the second Dark Souls, and so now I'm playing that one alongside Sekiro. And I gotta say, I'm looking forward to some really dumb AAA, uh, very easy, stupid game where I can like steal cars and run into people's houses. Yeah, for all my for all <laughs> for all of my pretension, I 
not going to pretend that I don't spend a lot of time playing Magic the Gathering on the internet. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, like, yeah. Final Fantasy fourteen, Because sometimes, <laughs> cool. I, sometimes I like to chill around and let the numbers go up, and I go, yeah, my numbers got really high. That's nice. That's pretty nice. And, uh, have you played Bloodborne? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was the first of them I played. Yeah, I just... I just thinking of like I like the um, the weapon in him the weapon um, mm. transition. There's like a very that game is very like chunky and dirty. Yeah, in a way I super appreciate. Like, yeah, yeah. Like you can sort of yeah, like, it's... you can feel like the rust on everything. Totally, totally, and you know the the yeah, like the weapons. It's like you can feel them as they transition, and it's got a good sense that you smacking people with them uh yeah uh it's like at first i was really really repulsed by the style especially of bloodborne i thought yeah. it looked really chunky and weirdly like for a video game people were like no but it's like the you know you you it's it's doing something artistic with what it's doing i thought right. it like looked like really repellent and extremely gamey yeah um but man like once you like tap into it like and actually start like beating people and get on a run of just dominating some guys who were, you know, kicking your ass earlier. It's just like the th I can't like that's the only hit I I crave now. <laughs> right, that like, satisfaction. Like anything, it's so like I I beat a couple of guys in Sekiro earlier today. Some some mean samurais to kept beating me up, and man, felt good. I, I will admit that I played through Dark Souls, I think the second one or the first one at one point, I played through as like a real, yeah. a real fat boy, you know, where I just like <laughs> put on the thickest armor and I just kind of like yeah. stood in front For of people. Sure. And I was like, hey, buddy, let's yeah. hit you, I'll hit me and we'll see who wins first. <laughs> so, but anyway, anyway, we could talk about Souls and the, you know, the forgotten majesty of a dead dragon forever. Yeah, but, for sure. Again, and for all the true gamers out there, what would you recommend that's not a game that people just like try for once in their life? Yeah, uh, I'm going to recommend uh, getting into the band Hawkwind, but um, not getting into Hawkwind after their stuff. Uh, after Warrior on the Edge of Time, you can let them go. That's I, I haven't even gotten into that. I think it's good for gamers because it's got... Hawkwind is a cool band. They're a cool rock group. Yeah. They came out at a time uh, before, you know, punk or metal were really crystallized. So they were sort of like a psychedelic uh, garage rock band that um, was doing this kind of uh, proto uh, metal and punk. And um, but like doing songs about like getting twisted on some insane drug and like dying in space and was just like just laying out like these insane thick riffs i think you know subject matter it's gamer safe uh but uh, <laughs> gamers the riffs, love thick riffs they love they, they love that yeah and the the riffs are the riffs are nuts and you know it's a deep group and we, we need we need we need more hawkwind fans okay. we gotta we gotta bring hawkwind into our lives uh, before two uh, thousand one hundred. Perfect, perfect. Make twenty twenty one the year of Hogwood. I just remembered something I wanted to ask you. Um, yeah. So Hozak Records, like that was like a surprising and very cool thing. Did you just like e like cold email them and say, "Hey, can we use your stuff?" And they were like, "That's yeah. cool." 
It was awesome. Yeah, like I learned about Hozak from the best show with Tom Sharp playing it. For he's a cool comedian and he plays uh, cool music at the top of his show. Yeah. Uh, and he was playing a lot of Hozak for a while, and it was just like I just found all these musicians who are so cool and like this all this great like forgotten like nasty 70s punk stuff that's just like so gnarly yeah um yeah and i was just like i remember like like looking at their stuff one day and being like you know i could just email them they're local chicago guys so like me and casey pained (laughs) over an email for like days like you know you know when you're like writing the emails like is this too formal too informal whatever okay i sent it yes and then like like an hour later they were like yeah for sure <laughs> they were like yeah whatever yeah whatever yeah sure here's a here's all our download like Shit, dude. here's 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 our whole archive and i was just like oh my like right it rocks like and i guess the thing is, is like a lot of podcasts don't ask and just you know play whatever and right i, I right. don't know i think technically that's you know whatever it's fine right um but it's really cool to specifically like be with the hozak label because like it, it gives the whole show a very specific sound yes and yes. texture that i'm a big fan of i'm a big fan of uh, all that music yeah so. uh, I, yeah i, uh, think, I, 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 I always think bare minimum like if you were had like a super popular actual play and you were like you know you know skimming off of like some moog synth legend you know you were (laughs) mentioning them in the credits for instance it would be a very uncool move if you did not do that for sure 100 percent. but i also like everything i play on here i always buy on bandcamp usually for like ten dollars minimum or like i'll buy the vinyl even if they have it and i like it because even though i go for like i i front with pirate radio vibes yeah, I think you should support musicians and pay them for their stuff, especially now. That's really killer. Yeah, yeah. I think, especially, I think Bandcamp's doing a lot of really, really good stuff. And yeah. a, a great music publication, too. Their write-ups are oh, excellent. Oh, I've pretty much switched most to primarily Bandcamp for, like, finding music. And I have, like, yeah. mountains of it now. Because they just put yeah. so much suggestions and, like, articles for every sure. week. Yeah. But yeah, I learned yeah. about Dungeon Synth from them. Good stuff. Anyway, yeah. So what was that last band real quick? Dungeon Synth. They're okay, the, Dungeon. The, the band camp write-ups on Dungeon Synth. Killer. Oh, like the, the genre. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. That is like a fun new thing to discover new genres. Like when you when I, le- when I learned about Current 93 and I was like, what is Doom Folk? Dude, I got to look that up. Yeah, Current 93. I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to play them on here one of these days. It's like... Whatever Doom Folk is, they're like from like the eighties or nineties or something, some Whoa. band out of England. All right, I'm looking that up. But um Gannon, it was great talking to you. I we will get we're gonna go on our last break. I'm gonna come back with everybody. Um Killer. See, uh- see, see y'all on the other hat side. Hello and welcome back to the final segment of Indie Apocalypse Radio. I'm here. I talk about not reading the chat, but I did read the chat during one of the breaks. And someone asked what the picture is at the bottom. I got that. That is one of my handcrafted gifts from, uh, what was it, Izuku? Izuken? I forget the name of it. It's a, the, that recent Studio Saru anime about the people making anime. And it's like, you know, it's adapted. It's about the creative process by a guy who went to like art school and, or by a guy who went to art school and he made a manga about people who make anime and then they made an anime out of that i like science sorry i think they anyway i'm here with everyone hello everyone hello hello 
So this last segment, which is Yo. whoa, whoa, <laughs> I don't know what's happening, but uh, okay. It sounds like someone is like joining something, or I'm hearing myself, or maybe we're, I'm duplicating. I'm not sure. We're powering up. Okay, so Getting stronger. Perfect. Um, uh, da, da, da. So this last segment, which is like, hey, everyone chat. Did anyone have any other questions for any of the other guests that they're like, oh, man, I wish I could ask them this when they were talking. That kind of thing. Which you don't need to have, of course. But anyway, so also... Um, maybe there isn't anything here. Maybe this is the end of the show, everyone. Like I said this oh, is dang. the most um, what's that called? The most unpredictable portion that sometimes it goes on for half an hour or forty-five minutes. Sometimes it's like <laughs> now we're good. We're Whoa. good. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, wait, are you here? Are you back? I'm back. Sorry. Yeah. Hello. Welcome back. Uh, yes. Did you have any I've questions? Been, I've been here. I've just been muted. I'm in a house with a lot of people. So yes, that would be the background noise. That's fine. No, I'm in a house with no people available at the moment. But anyway, welcome back. This is the last segment. Did anyone have any questions? Or my original idea, which was extremely self-indulgent, when which is why I did do it. Like, what? Well, this last segment could be if they have questions for me. It could be a reverse interview. But that's extremely self-important, I think. Well, what are you playing right now? You were oh, asking shit. about video games. What are you playing right now? Oh, shit. What am I playing? Not, yeah. inclu- not including the things that I... Um, my, like, busy work kind of games. I've been... Besides the games I have to play, like, every day for, like, submissions, I've been trying to play Vagrant Story. Oh, cool. Because it... I saw someone posting online. He's like, oh, check out this Vegas story. looks great. And it also, it's truly, it truly does have like amazing camera work in a game. And just what's, like, what's, what's the shtick with the Vagrant story again? So it's like, it's, I think it's a very late era PS1 game made by the team that made Final Fantasy Tactics. Oh, cool. It's this, um, have you ever played Parasite Eve? Mm-mm. No. So <laughs> it has a weird system. So it's like this mixture of like real, it's kind of like this real time combat thing where, but you like pop out a little sphere of like a targeting sphere based on your weapons. And it's got like this dense, incredibly dense system of like blunt piercing, slashing damage, elemental damage, beast types. It's complicated and I didn't understand it when I was younger. And I still sometimes barely understand it. It's either like way more complicated, than I think, or a lot easier than I think, or somewhere in the one of those two. Mm-hmm. But also, they just do a lot of like really interesting stuff with like camera work and like, especially like in their very intro, like the um, portcullis. That's what they call them, right? The the gates that come down in the castle. Those are portcullises, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so like there's like there's the port when like the guy turns the camera, and the portcullis comes down and like it slams and it's like vagrant story, and it like cuts like interweaves the credits really well, and it's just like a well shot video game. 
And I think I realized I was watching like I saw a lot of like Mass Effect recently. I'm like, wow, this looks bad. <laughs> <laughs> like <laughs> it looks so poorly shot. Like we were talking about in the pre-show, we were talking about like Bionicles cartoons. And it's like I don't I haven't seen them. I didn't watch the thing, but it's like the same vibes of that like <laughs> really like stilted like awkward camera angles like somebody is learning to film their movie for the first time and they know you have to point a camera at something but they're not quite sure that you're supposed to frame things properly yet so you just have like a bunch of characters just kind of like awkwardly standing around and it doesn't animate well and it's a whole right it's -hmm. a whole thing and that's what got me like thinking about a vagrant story because someone posted a twitter thread a while ago about like oh look how amazing the camera work is in vagrant story and like the scene setups i, I think like, i remember that yeah. yeah it's coming back and i was like yeah yeah that is that does look very cool they also do like they because they were like a 2d team as far as i know because tactics is more or less 2d mm-hmm and so they're like had weird approaches to creating 3D art that gives it like a more like timely or timeless kind of aesthetic to it. I think it's what like cool. a lot of people who are doing like good modern 3D animation do, where it's like mm. 3D models but with like a lot of 2D drawn onto them. Oh, cool. Because a, a lot of 3D animation kind of looks very poor, especially when like characters talk. Yeah. It always bugs me where it's kind of like weird flappy jaws right yeah yeah. i can can see an animator in a room somewhere scrolling you know moving their mouse up and down and making jaw go up and down (laughs) (laughs) i guess this is cheaper or something but (laughs) so awkward um anyway so i think we have hit the end of the show i believe Nate, Nurburn, did you have anything else to say? Anything other like last minute input in this hey, let's all chat section? Or are you good? Does anyone else have hot takes on on gamers that you want to argue about? I think I'm spoken for, but it's been a pleasure listening and talking with you all. No, yes, it's been a a joy doing this every week and, you know, hanging out with people and trying to get other people doing my best to get people together in a room, even if it's like a digital room. So I will say in that case, I will sign off. This was, Oh wait, I remember what I was remembering shit plugs. Is it people get people got thing, the plugs. That's what podcasts do at the end. They plug things. Well, let's go around uh, the horn. Yeah. We'll like clockwise check start it. with Gaddon. Uh, yeah, check out uh, Neoscum, neoscum.com slash starter, Neoscum. It's a good, it's a good pie. I recommend it. Nate? Oh, uh, sorry. Um, yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Nate Kiernan. Um, you can decide if you want to follow there. Uh, and you can find all my stuff, all my writing at uh, critical.com. And uh if you haven't already seen it, I put together a anti-cyberpunk cyberpunk bundle on itch, uh, which you can find at critical.com slash cyberpunk and is a cool thing that you should check out. Which I hear is doing very well. 
it's 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 yeah it's it's really shocking to me um i'm not making any money off it so i feel totally fine continually plugging it and have no shame uh oh, see, very happy I'm, for the i the... of the, the belief that you always got to take a taste because you put your own labor but but i respect your choice well i mean i the you way also... it bundles work you have yeah. to have something right. in You'd the bundle to make, to make money or something so yeah yeah unless i wanted to like put together some random cyberpunk thing at the spur of a moment just to get my cut but i get my 30 seconds of internet clout i get yes. a couple angry redditors yelling at me uh incomprehensibly so you know it's i mean on the one hand money for for my time and effort on the other hand uh twitter likes and uh, trolling Reddit users. So, yes. I mean, who could say which is more valuable? I, I feel slightly bad for only, only because um, uh, contributor and former guest Nilsson Carroll, who was in that, was also in your bundle. And I felt pride because he was like, oh, this is the most money I ever made off of video games, which is well demolished now <laughs> by that cyberpunk bundle. Oh, dang. Well, I mean, I... I'm, I am very happy that I'm very happy for for that to be the case. Yeah, I mean, also, uh, I think they were on the show actually yeah. a little bit. Taylor McHugh, who, yes, yes, um, was also in one of the itch or one yes. of the uh, Indie Apocalypse, right. and they put out a, a different game for the Cyberpunk bundle. Yeah, which now they've been uh, doing like killer stuff. They were also in like the um, TCAF, not TCAF, but the Hand Eye Society's wordplay, like last month or so. Oh, cool! Yeah, I didn't see I didn't see that, but yeah, they're great, and I'm and I am excited to have done like a tiny thing that has allowed some tiny devs who I think are doing really cool stuff to actually have money to, to continue doing it. Yeah, uh, so yeah, to funnel money into developers, they need it for sure, which is a cool thing about Indie Apocalypse, and I, yeah. I hope it can get it's... that level of attention and not have to just write off of people being angry about the latest AAA atrocity. Yeah. Give me five or six more years. I'll maybe one of these issues will break even. But, mm -hmm. uh, and I will say that I was into it before it got big and, and famous. I can have that hipster cred <sighs> that I desperately need. You, yes, you will have it. It is a beautiful thing to have that sense, that unearned sense of superiority. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, anything else to plug? Uh, yeah, you can just find me on itch. I'm nobrun.itch.io like everyone else. And that's, that's about all I'm at right now. Well, perfect. Um, I will, and I will say indiepocalypse.com, indiepocalypse.com slash submit, submit your games, indiepocalypse.com slash radio. If you're somehow got here a different way, that'll get you straight to here. Or if I ever go off Twitch, it'll just go to wherever it goes. By the thing, I, there's a Patreon, indiepockets.com slash Patreon. If you want this audio of this thing, but like not a month later, subscribe to that. You can also get copies of Indiepockets just delivered. Um, I'm Pizza Prince. It's my brand because I don't want to use my name online. Uh, that's it. My, I think I'm... I think I have everything by Indiepocalypse, I suppose. Yeah, do that. It's cool. I, I can I, vouch for it. I like it. I think it's cool. I think a lot of the people who make games in it are cool. 
I think they deserve attention. I tell people about it so that people will cover it. Thank you. I'm going to close this thing and there's going to be the end of the show now. But now there is credit so that people don't just go, what, he shut the stream off.